Welcome to the 55-1 podcast. My name is Wes Berdine. I am joined uh, by two fantastic gentlemen. Uh, the first gentleman, uh, I'll go to um, Abe Apodi. Is that how you say your last name? That is how I say my last name. Yes. Okay. I've never actually asked you that, so. That's all right. Thank God I got that one right. And then uh, Jeff Reuter, you're here. No one knows how to spell your name. That's and fine. So, International uh, Man of Mystery, baby. Yeah. Um, how are you both doing together? And then I'll ask individually together. Well, I mean, we, we Jeff and I are doing are just fine. fine. We're on good terms. Yeah, I mean, no, we, we texted earlier today. We cleared the air. Yeah. We made sure that, you know, we would keep the beef off air. Yeah. We had a moment of public peace. For the band. For the, for band. the band. For the band, man. For the band. For the and, band. And you individually, Abe, you're doing well. <laughs> yes. Okay, then on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about U.S. men's national team versus Mexico in Columbus. We've got the Maple Syrup Derby happening in MLS. We've got vegan uh, non-league football in England. We've got Minnesota United News. And then we've got Twitter questions. So let's have the music from Big Quarter. And welcome back to the 55-1 podcast. My name's Wes. I'm here with uh, Abe and Jeff. Uh, thanks for enjoying the music together, guys. Um, we are going to start with the good, the bad, and the weird, uh, our tour of everything soccer. Let's start with the good. You already alluded to this, Jeff. Right. And that's you tried what... to jump in. Here's to the U of M. We have an alum here, too. Yeah. So well, we have a current U of M, uh, yeah. U of M student. I'm here, just... So. Uh, outnumbered here. Yeah. But yeah, the Gopher women, uh, they beat Rutgers 2-1 to one to win the Big Ten final. They already had a, a share of the, the title um, from the season, and then they just won outright. So because of this, they you got... in the Big Ten tourney. The Big Ten tourney, thank you. Yep, so they had the Big Ten. They yeah. tied for the Big they Ten championship. They the had Big the Ten supporter shield. Season. Yeah, they yes. had the supporter shield. Yes. And then they were going into the League Cup. And Yes. Yeah, and sure. that gets sure. you an automatic bid into the postseason. Which is played at Wembley. And so now they have a four seed in their end of the bracket. And so they are going to be playing against... NC State. Uh, NC State, thank you. On Saturday. Northwestern. Yep, NC at State seven. on Saturday at 7 o'clock. Tickets go on sale on the 8th. On the 8th yeah, so after you vote, you can buy your tickets. It's a perfect day. Is it being played at the Elizabeth Robbie as yes. well? Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely a fantastic pitch, too. Man, yeah. they do a great job keeping that beautiful it's the united states counterpart to leicester city stadium yeah the groundskeeping is superb over there yeah um this is actually the first big 10 championship since 1995 was the last time they were able to win it and since about 93 i think it was when uh the website started tracking uh, their results every season they have yet to advance past the sweet 16 in the ncaa tournament so this is a really talented team and I certainly think that they'd be able to yeah. make some noise in the tournament. Saturday at 7. So that is a good. Um, I don't know if this is a good or depending on what, what your take is. The, the MLS uh, quarterfinals, is that what it was this last round? Yes. Yes, because we're going to the conference The conference finals. final, which um, is the semifinal. Yeah. yeah. Um, that second leg was this past weekend. And the only real surprise was Colorado Rapids beating LA Galaxy in penalty kicks. Um, everything else kind of went to script. Uh, did anything stand out? Uh, uh the n- never 
listeners, never let me believe in the New York Red Bulls ever again. I don't care how they do in the regular season. I don't care who's on the left wing, whether it's the great Mike Grella or the less great Thierry Henry. I don't care about any of these factors. They will get to the postseason and they will shit the bed every year. And I pick them to win my bracket, which is why I'm bitter. I got three of the four correct for the conference finals, except for New York. And now my bracket is busted. Um, you're new around here, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. The, the problem is... Uh, that this is actually going to affect Friday's game for the U.S. national team. Sasha Kleschen was off the pitch for 10 minutes between the 20th and 30th with a, a bloody or a broken no- or a bloody nose at first. And the camera cut away to him at the 25th as they're talking about, you know, is it a bad idea to keep the guy? And as if following narrative, he's just sitting there and also he just spits out blood, like a profuse amount of blood as they're saying, is it a good idea for him to come back as if to indicate, no, it is not a good idea for me to come back. <laughs> and then five minutes later, he was back on the pitch for the full 90. Well, you know, he's a hockey player. Yeah, I suppose. And he missed, uh, he missed, did he miss the penalty kick before? Before after, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a rough day for Kleshton. Uh you, you also had, uh, I mean, we'll talk about the U.S. men's national team, but the other thing was that Jordan Morris going off uh, holding his his thigh in the Seattle uh, FC Dallas match. Is there any update on Jordan Morris? Do we know? I haven't heard anything other than Did you Nick talk Dub. to Klinsman this morning or not? Uh, Herr Klinsman did not answer my call today. He was, he was in his helicopter all day. So. I got a bad service. No. Yeah. Um, that match, uh, Dow- Dallas came at Seattle gangbusters. They were down three, no with the aggregate. They gave it their, you know, the old college try. They won the match two one, but you know, lost in a- aggregate. The other matches, you know, you mentioned New York Red Bulls. They lost obviously to, to Montreal, um, giving it a good go. Um, we said Colorado beat LA galaxy, um, in PKs. Uh, we are, we, you know, Colorado Rapids, just for, for the Minnesota fans, um, we've got Eric Miller playing right back for them, starting every match, um, which is pretty fantastic. And I think Eric said he he's going to come on the podcast when he's done. So hopefully he'll go all the way, and then he'll come on the podcast after after his season. Um, and then the last thing is the and Toronto... Be saying MLS Cup champion, yeah. Eric Miller. And then he'll have to wear the cup around his neck like Flava Flav with a clock. Do they get rings? I'm sure they they all get I think cups. They all they just all get, get giant their own, cups. Their own chalice? Cups. Yeah. What's yeah. the plural form of chalice? Is it chalices? Chalices. Yeah. Chalices? chalices? Yeah. You uh, said that with a confidence that makes me assume you're right. Yeah, well, one of us has a PhD in English. And I don't have it yet. Sorry. I don't Not with that attitude. Over speaking. I don't know how to read, so that's... <laughs> Net positive. Yeah. Toronto, uh, Toronto beat uh, NYCFC, and it wasn't just a beating. It was a, it was a bare-bottom, leave-a-mark-for-a-week spanking. Um it, aggregate was seven nothing. On. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know all about these, Abe. Um, and uh, Javinko gets a hat trick. Yeah. Uh, Josie Altador is who you want to talk about. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Josie Altador uh, rocketed uh, the the ball into the back of the net. It was I have rarely seen a ball kicked that hard in my life. Carly Lloyd doesn't. Yeah. Ooh, okay, that is true. Fair enough. It has happened on occasion. Um, but Josie, you, we, we can talk more how excited you are for that, but anything else about MLS? We'll talk that... Josie with the U.S. national team. Okay. I think it's a good sign for him there. Um, in other news, in the league that Minnesota used to play in called the NASL, for those who forgot about that league, 
the Indy 11 beat Edmonton by a thrilling 1-0 margin, which is a perfect representation of the difference between those two teams and their <laughs> gameplay and everything about that match. There was no way that was ever going to be like a 4-3, you know, open match. It was always going to be 1-0. So uh, Indy advances and the New York Cosmos came back to beat Rio OKC. Last minute, heartbreaking. They scored two goals in those last 75 minutes. and Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, but it, it, it makes sense. Indy hosting, uh, or no, sorry, New York hosting Indy mm-hmm. at their um, tiny 2,700-person stadium. Oof, that's going to be rough. Uh, so when the pyramid opens up and oh, Cosmos are competing, <laughs> which gonna... of the three New York teams is going to win? Oof, that's a good question, and I'm not going to answer it because... Moving on. The bad is that Jeb Brodsky... That was bad. Yeah, that was bad. The bad is saying the word pyramid. Um, The bad is Jeb Brodsky tweeted this out today. Hospitalized the last few days for blood clots in lung, leg, post-surgery. Scary, rare twist, but will all make me stronger and more thankful. Um, Man, that guy. I just feel so bad for him. Yeah. Just pretty rough. I got a, a Twitter question... That I'll read. Uh, it came late, so now I'm not reading it off my script. It's from Ben Polzin. Basically, he's asking, is Jeb being taken care of by the team? I have not really investigated what's going on. I do know that he his injury is covered by Workman's Workers' Comp. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, uh, but I don't. I don't know exactly the details. That is a good question, and. One that um, we can try to dig into um, for an article. Um, so he'll be he'll be okay. My my main problem for for a guy like Jeb is that he was putting it on the line, playing for the team, and now his his next year he won't have a job. You know he's not getting paid. You know things like that, and he'll he'll have to he'll have to find find a club to come back with. That happens to a lot of people, but this was a very the situation Minnesota was in with everyone out of contract um, was a was an unusual one. So I, I, I do feel pretty bad for the guy. Uh, coming in possibly to try and look for players to replace Jabrowski on the MLS roster, uh, Jeffrey Carlisle reported that multiple sources, uh, everyone's favorite 90s punk band, have told ESPN FC that current DC United U23 manager Amos McGee is the leading candidate to be Minnesota United's director of player personnel. Barring a last-minute snag, he will be hired by the team. So... Amos McGee played for the Minnesota Thunder. He's a local boy, was Minnesota Thunder head coach. Uh, then he went to Portland. I, there might have been things between that. He then went to Portland Timbers. He's now uh, at D.C. Um, my main, The reason this is in the bad category is why the fuck are we just now hiring a director of, uh, of player personnel? The person who's supposed to be building the roster you're going to hire him less than a month away from the expansion draft like well but if you hire them the, him then what does Manny do i mean there's a lot of people i mean there right now you have Manny going on scouting trips you've i mean there's a lot of things Manny to do. doing negotiations with agents trying I'm to find I'm not saying deals. there aren't a lot of things to go around it's just they made it sound like Manny was the guy who's supposed to yeah. do all the things But the, the, that, when that annou- when that was announced yeah. I legitimately looked at it and was like that sounds stupid the yeah. reason why we have the number 3 is because one wasn't big enough yeah sure yeah, yeah. 
So it, you're right. I mean, this seems really late to be making that move. Um, and it's not maybe like, the guy they wanted wasn't available yet. Yeah, I I think that so Amos and and Manny are are our friends. Um, Amos is also not in a job like uh, you know the head coach. We've talked about how you know if it's going to be Gio Savarese, you can't hire him until you can't announce it until after. You could have done this at any point in the last two months. That just that's what just annoys me. I do think we don't know much about this, but we do know that there might be. You know, uh, Jeffrey Carlisle says, um, barring a last-minute snag, there may have been snags. So we do think that there are doubts of whether or not Amos McGee is actually going to come. Let's be honest, when it's professional teams and money, there are always snags. So, um, and then uh, another bad thing we want to add is, this is Kyle Salomon um, writes uh, on Twitter, sources have confirmed two days after playing the NASL semis, uh, Ryo OKC ownership has released all players from their contracts. So, uh, I mean, we've been saying it for a long time. We knew that Ryo OKC were dead in the water. Uh, I have I kind of reached out to some people, and it sounds like still Ryo are interested in doing something. Still, I get the impression they'll sit out next year and come back in 2018 with a team in somewhere in the Midwest, which. Does that mean a USL team? Like no, I St. think Lewis? NASL. I think I think they'll really? probably yeah. The the people I've spoken with have said that they like the NASL model better. They think that gives them a, a better option to bring in exactly the players that they want to feel a little less restricted, and then ultimately not be competing with. Certainly, if they were still in Oklahoma, you can't host the Energy and Rio in the same city with the same league. But they like some of the opportunities that the NASL presents. Um, I mean, it's a little more open than USL, so we'll see. I mean, we've got a year to figure out what's going on there. Did you guys already cover that weirdness that was uh, Sunil's tweet about USL and NASL? Oh, no. oh that's right. The Didn't... some like things are coming together. I mean, I just read that as that you know U.S. soccer was having a big powwow with all these people and trying to solve. The problems. I did not get the sense that it meant coming together. In a, I had no idea. In I'd a simply, biblical. I sense. thought I'd ask since Ooh, you guys yeah. seem to be. No, we, we have not covered it. USL and NASL coming together biblically would be fairly awkward. Yeah, yeah. we saw it in 2010. It was. Yeah. it was fairly awkward. Crystal Palace, Baltimore doesn't forget. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I know it. I was making a joke earlier about pro rel and pyramid and whatever, but. Having a situation in which things are a lot less antagonistic and a lot more structured and a lot less MLS seeming to play favorites a little bit, that would be nice to see yeah. because I feel like some structure would allow things to be a little bit more on the up and up, Yeah, which can only benefit us. Yeah. I was actually today at lunch explaining, because a friend asked, he's like, so this Minnesota United thing, is that is that... Which league were they playing in? Were they in MLS last year? And I was like, no, they were in the league below. And started trying to explain to them the whole structure of FIFA's way of doing soccer outside the U.S. and then oh, different. How'd that inside. go? What this analogies? Fall asleep in the middle. <laughs> what, no. what, what lunchroom analogies yeah. did you use? So well, if the it, potatoes are here in this portion of the tray. It helped that we were drinking. Ah, that yes. does help. But I said finally, I was like, well, look, you know, it's a lot like you know, you can get people to show up to watch town ball baseball. Because that's their town and it's a close thing. And I go, the difference is that in other places, if your town ball team wins and then they win the next league and they keep going up, 
you know, in other places in the world, that means that they could one day be have the chance to be at the top level. Right. So that, you know, your random town ball team from Elk River is now playing against the New York Yankees. I go, the difference in the U.S. is that it's all closed off. So you and your league, you just, you know, get a case of beer. That's solid. I mean, how could you complain about a case of beer, too? I don't think NASL gives you a case of beer. I don't think I think they, they make you buy your own case of beer. Probably. Yeah. But, yeah. What's crazier still to me is that MLS teams don't have their own jets. Yeah. Yeah, they limit how many charters. That's insane. Use. That's absolutely insane. You've got teams on other sides of the country. Travel's already bad enough for the other leagues that have, you know, when you're talking about, granted, now, if you take them on NHL or NBA, they should honestly t- cut 20 games from their schedule. Right. And then everyone could play harder because they don't have so much wear and tear. But that's a different thing. Point is, all of those leagues, they have jets. They yeah. have all the security and the pre-check and everything else. And they don't have players getting back problems from sitting in regular airplanes. They don't have delays that happen because you're going through a regular airport. It's insane that a top-flight league doesn't allow teams to say, okay, find some sponsorships and get your own planes. So if you're commissioner of MLS for a day, your first move above anything else is charter jets. Ooh, no. I'd probably find a bourbon sponsor. Ooh, okay. There that's that's a respectable move. Yeah. Let's finish on this weird note. Uh, this is uh, raising two fingers to the bearded flannel of Portland, the, the fifth, divi- fifth division English side Forest Green Rovers, who are already a vegan club, have announced plans to build a 5,000-person stadium completely out of wood. Their soccer balls will also be hand-stitched artisanal leather and their kits made of seaweed. The last two are lies, but oh. um, the rest is true. Yeah, they just announced that they're going to build this. It looks beautiful, like entirely made of wood uh, stadium. It's going to be kind of awesome. Cool. So, anyway, that's uh, just a weird note. I mean, Why? Why not? It's fifth division. How else are you going to stand out? This is that that um, that town ball baseball team you were talking about oh, okay. building the stadium they literally a, out of bats. They found a bit. Yeah, yeah ah. they found their bit, and this is they're the St. Paul Saints of British soccer. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back. We will walk you and Wes through the U.S. national team roster, which he hasn't seen yet. We will talk about how that sets them up for two crucial qualifiers, probably the two biggest qualifiers that they'll have. First one against Mexico, second one at Costa Rica. And then we'll talk a little bit about Minnesota United and get to some Twitter questions. And welcome back to the 55-1 podcast. Um, joined us, joining us this week because of the U.S. men's national team is Abe Apodi. Abe, uh, when when did you get when did you fall in love with soccer? When was that? Oh was man, a pivotal uh, earliest soccer memory is actually uh, rec league dust ball dust cloud soccer, as it were. Uh, playing, loving it. Then I didn't play any organized soccer as, for a, a while. as like a young. Yes, I was about five. A target forward. What was your when, growing up? What was eventually not five, but what was your position growing up? Oh, uh, once I realized how much fun it was to hit people, I ended up playing um, either center back or sweeper. Okay. Ooh, we have a a relic of a sweeper in our midst. Yeah, Yeah. it was way back in the day. Mm. Yeah, Um, but I played in the middle because I wasn't fast enough for the flank, and plus, I really just liked hitting people. Yeah, (laughs) that's fair enough. My mom didn't want me playing football. 
Yeah. And so I got to play soccer. Compromise. Yeah. Um, and then, actually, I was thinking about this the other day. My next, really, the most indelible soccer memory I have is is Brandy Chastain, that PK, that celebration, yeah. that absolute joy. I'm running around the living room making yeah. all kinds of noise. She's in a sports bra! She's in a sports bra! Actually, I, that didn't even <laughs> enter into kidding. my mind. What in, is Well, that? no, I mean, but that's the thing. Yeah. Like, that controversy at that time, and I was I was looking at, you know, I'm, I'm looking at all these articles about this confused, yeah. Yeah, absolutely yeah. mystified, because I grew up around sports. Right. I grew up around men regularly pulling their shirts off, like, yeah! Yeah. You know, full of just joy. Yeah. And that was clearly what she did. She did the fist pump. It wasn't anything more than yeah. just someone celebrating being awesome yeah. and winning in front of all those people at the Rose Bowl. And you have these mansplainers coming along <laughs> trying to say, well, I can't believe she would do that. The same people that buy the SI swimsuit issue were standing there saying that a, a sports bra is somehow a lewd act. Right. Idiots. Landon yeah. Donovan's sports bra celebration was pretty genius. In fairness, that did have a drinking fountain in it as well. Yeah. And his true. combination of sports bra and drinking fountain is legendary. Uh, so we've got you on the show this week because you're going down to Columbus. You're going to see... Fort Columbus. Uh, you're going to see be defended. the attempt at uh, the fifth uh, straight Dos Acero. The last Dos Acero, uh, quite famously, almost was Tres Acero. And then Clint Dempsey knew better, and he purposely missed his PK. Um, Gentlemen. But you the, also just made me a little sad again that I won't get to see Deuce Face on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, buck up. We do know who we are going to see this weekend, because the roster uh, was announced yesterday on Sunday. Who? What, what stands out to you? We, we're not going to obviously go line by line here, but I, I want to know... What are the surprises in this? Well, not a surprise is that Timmy Howard was announced as the number one. Guzan, I think, should have been sunsetted a long time ago. Um, Would you have benched uh, Guzan for the Copa? Yes. Okay. Because at that point, Howard hadn't been getting minutes yet at Colorado. His transfer didn't go through until after. The thing about Copa was I liked it being high-level competition, but it didn't count for anything. I mean, it did, but it didn't. Right. I would have way rather seen some younger keeper get blooded. So have like an Ethan Horvath or a Bill Hamid, uh William the Yarborough. Cannon, Bill Hamid. There it is. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, it, it's a good surprise in, in the sense that I thought it was going to be another split like it has been for the last six months or so where it was kind of Guzan, Howard, the occasional like Horvath just getting his feet wet yeah. against uh, minnows if they're around anymore in the hex. Yeah. So I think that's good to see. I was a little bit surprised that Timmy Chandler is on it. I mean, he's been playing well for country, but or for club, but what kind of blackmail does he have to have against Jurgen Klinsmann that he keeps getting call-ups after how many times he has just looked awful for the U.S. national team? I think really what it comes down to is if you think about it, Klinsman was right about Bobby Wood when a lot of people wanted him away. Klinsman was right about Jermaine Jones, earlier Jermaine Jones, right. when a lot of people wanted him away. He, for better or worse, has his people, and once he's made that choice, that's what he's made. So, Timmy Chandler, if he doesn't run like he's got lead stuck in his shorts... If he actually plays like someone who knows what he's doing, great. I would say part of the reason that he looks better for club than he does for country is that Klinsman asks more of him than Chandler's club does. Sure. For his club, he plays a traditional back. 
That's it. He doesn't have to go rampaging forward like Klinsman wants out of everyone. And more importantly, Klinsman, classic Klinsman, wants center backs instead of actual outside backs like, I don't know, Jorge Villafina. Right. Yeah. Who, once again, was snubbed. Who do you start at right back, you two? Uh, DeAndre Yedlin. Yedlin or Chandler? Yedlin. Okay. Yedlin. Yeah. I Absolutely. Think, That's a no I mean, Chandler would, would only play as a left back, uh, I, I would assume. And, and the question is whether or not Klinsman is going to go with Fabian Johnson or uh, as Fabian Johnson on the wing or uh, as a left back. But now with Kristen Pulisic, it, it seems like... Pulisic. Pulisic, yeah. Thank you. Um, Stick to your creation roots, buddy. Pulisic, actually. Let's all just go around Pulisic. and, and correct Pulisic. each other. Pulisic. Pulisic. Um, the whole podcast I mean, is chanting. I, I assume that the American... Get on out- that hype train. Do the American Outlaws... Uh, it's just a train. Hold on. Do the American Outlaws sing Pulisic, Pulisic to quit. No, you actually. Should. Is there um, time to make them chant that? Uh, Pulisic to quit makes to it sound honest, like he's just going to walk away. On okay, the I'm work on the to quit part. I'm, okay. just, I'm, I'm uh, spitballing here. Well, no, I was just going to say, like, tech, uh, as far as I can tell, the only named chance, it's usually like if, if Carly Lloyd just scored a thumper or something. Like if someone scored, you're like, Carly Lloyd. Right, yeah. Sure, yeah. There's the, an actual dedicated... Uh, the youth movement does not stop, by the way, with uh, Pulisic. You've got Cameron Carter-Vickers. CCV. Who could be getting his first cap ever? Cap time. Uh, we've got. Well, let's see who else. Uh, Julian cap. Green is back. Yeah, Julian Green looked fantastic. Yeah, I mean it was against Minnows, but he looked. And he scored for club now too. Yes. So that's a. I think that's a big boost for him. You've got sweet stanky Caleb Stanko, who has one qualifier cap already, and then you have Lyndon Gooch. Uh, who started the first four matches or so with Sunderland and could also be playing for Ireland one day. And so he might be another candidate. If you're up... Well, no, he's, he's been capped by, by, the, by the team now. Not by the full national. I don't think... He hasn't played in a qualifier yet. So there are three notable players, I thought, who weren't on this roster. First is Wando. Second is Beckerman. So looking at those two, does this kind of spell the end of their national team days? I don't know. I mean, it's being it's Klinsman. Technically, could have been that Beckerman was too nicked up to go. Or Wando, I think, is injured. See, yeah, that's there you true. Go. Oh, that's I right. Saw that, saw that and Beckerman true. just finished his postseason, so yeah. who knows? They'll both be starting the next section of. Yeah, the I mean, Klinsman is absolutely in love with both of them. I will say to his defense that Danny Williams did not do enough to cement the spot. Danny mm. Williams always gets a call up in my book because of the time when Jermaine Jones was being an absolute whiny child and falling on the ground, and Danny Williams went over and just picked him up. That's, that was years ago, and I, <laughs> that's the only thing I remember about Danny Williams. Uh, last um, last guy to talk about is Darlington Nagby. Yeah. So we yeah, didn't really... the Nagby Nugget. This is the Nagby Nugget, brought to you by Hershey's Nuggets. Sure. Why not? Has nuggets, huh? Yeah, they're the little like gold wrapped or silver wrapped just chocolate. Those are the kisses, but they're like shaped like nuggets. Oh. I think is it Hershey's? I, I don't think know. You're making shit up. I, I might think so be. Too. Who cares? So, uh, Nagby Nugget. We didn't really talk about this with the last call up, did we? Where uh, Nagby turned down a call up against Haiti and uh, Team B that they played against in that series. And there was a bit of a controversy because on Twitter, some people made comments saying. That it wasn't some family emergency. It was just him saying, I wanted to spend time with my family. And there were people making intimations that it was Nagby burning bridges. Since then, I haven't heard much. But clearly something 
happen because a very talented player is not named to this roster. The, I mean, the last I heard of it at the time, uh, Will Parchman uh, was on Howler talking about it and is pretty well informed on it. And, and I had not spoken to Nagby, but had spoken to people around him and was said that this was uh, Nagby... Yeah, that this was kind of Nagby turning it down, not because there was a family emergency, but because of this general feeling of uh, being always being brought in as a substitute in weird positions. You can't show yourself. I'm in the postseason. Uh, I need to focus on, or it was at that point, I think, getting into the postseason um, and and just needing to focus on these things and, and uh, Klinsman not giving him a real chance. And so... Yeah, I was reading that there were people saying basically he's had some negative words for the program and how things are being run because he's souring on them. It's not that he wasn't fit. It's not yeah. that he didn't have the ability because we've clearly seen the flashes of what can be. I mean, if you've got a midfield of Bradley, Nagby, and Kleischen in the middle, mm-hmm. that could be some interesting things. I actually I think I like Kleischen better in that role especially for these two matches, then I like Nagby. So for these two, I'm not worried about Darlington not being there. Um, I tried to quick throw together a starting 11 that I think I would throw out. and uh, you Was guys, this out of as named to roster? These are named to roster players. Uh. So I've got Tim Howard and goal surprise. Going left to right, we've got Fabian Johnson, John Brooks, Omar Gonzalez. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who starts at right center back because Jeff Cameron is injured. Uh, he had a bit of a, a niggle when he was playing for Stoke leading into this last match they had against Swansea. And so he was a, a late scratch for that. And so he's resting. He's out. And so it would be pretty much between Omar and Steve Birnbaum for that right center spot. And then you have uh, DeAndre Yedlin, I thought, would start out right. And then I'm thinking this is very similar to what they ended up running out for the Copa. It's actually possible Beasley could play. Uh, would you play him at left back or center back? I mean, if you're putting Fabian at left, then Beasley goes in the middle. The the only thing is, he's also left-footed. And John Brooks is left-footed as well. And for whatever reason, I like having a left-foot, right-foot. Uh, I do, too. Within but your at center the same backs. Time, Beasler, but it could be. Beasley doesn't have... I mean, I wouldn't say that he's got like a world-beater ceiling. Mm-hmm. But his floor is very dependable, very reliable. And especially for this circumstance, it's a steady hand on the tiller. Yeah, yeah, and I I think that he would be the first guy that you would put on your, your bench because he could fill in. If, if Polisic suddenly doesn't look good, you move Fabian up onto the wing and then you put Beasler out left. If one of the center backs isn't looking too good. I understood the words you just used, but <laughs> what? If he's tired. Polisic not looking good? It, more of a, a, a tiring thing. Well, so, <laughs> if the train runs out of coal. So what does your midfield look like? My midfield, I've got Michael Bradley at a holding defensive mid position. Uh, left to right, we've got Polisic starting in left wing. Uh, everybody's favorite, Jermaine Jones, as a, a box-to-box midfielder. And then Alejandro Bedoya out right. And then up front, we've got Josie, uh, the male Carly Lloyd, Altador, and Bobby Wood, the flying Hawaiian, as your two strikers with Jordan Morris as your change of pace off the bench. Yeah, I don't think they'll go with those two strikers. Morris isn't going to be on the roster, though, right? No, he's Well, he might be. We haven't. We I haven't heard him scratched as of six tonight. Yeah, that's a good point. So I, you know what? I'd rather Gooch was coming in than Jordan Morris. Yeah, up front though. I mean, a wing. Yeah. I mean, because honestly, I like Jordan Morris. It's just I, I, 
it at this point, I don't think his touch is consistent enough to play in Dos Acero or such a crucial match against... I mean, yes, he's got the ability to go forward. His touch has looked really good in the last two months. And I know that a part of that is Nico Ladero is... There's handing someone an opportunity on a silver platter, and then there's the next level, which is Nicholas Lodero giving you a ball right in front of net, which is what Jordan Morris has been working off of for the last two months, and we don't quite have a Lodero on this squad. But if I'm looking at it, I mean, he has scored against Mexico. Granted, it wasn't in a qualifier. It was in a friendly, but he has scored against Mexico. So I think that that gives a little bit of a mental psyche, I would imagine, of I've already scored against these guys, and I'm playing in Columbus, and I'm and he's probably thinking Seattle is way above the Columbus crew, so this field doesn't intimidate me either. I mean, I would say the advantage of youth is that most moments you don't really grasp the gravity of as much, necessarily. He's probably going into it just his usual hard-charging way, yeah. I think. I'm just saying that while I am a fan of the development of Jordan Morris... I don't know. I mean, I know Bedoy is going to end up tired because he's going to get the piss knocked out of him <laughs> doing thankless work and shuttling up and down. And then at some point, you're going to need to bring someone else in. Right. I don't know. I feel like if you're bringing in Jordan Morris, who doesn't carry the play, who doesn't build his... I mean, Gooch is still... I would bring in Gooch for Bedoya. Yeah. I'm just thinking if like if Bobby Wood isn't hitting the right marks, I feel like Josie's a 90-minute guy. But if he... <laughs> tears his hamstring or whatever god forbid you know like if there's if there's a reason that you need to pull a striker jordan morris would be the guy and so unless you wanted to shift your bobby wood to the sole striker and add to your midfield and add a midfielder like linden and so so this match is friday 6 45 central standard time um and then tuesday it's down to costa rica and that's a, and a big party at the Crooked Pine. Yeah, and in Minneapolis, that's where where that party will be. AOMSP. I want to. Uh, yeah, you are involved with uh, American Outlaws uh, MSP chapter. Um, I want to finish this segment uh, with a complete non sequitur. This is usually where we would talk about Minnesota United match last weekend, but they didn't play last weekend. Um, so we don't have too much news other than. You know, there was, they did, well, they did not finally announce players. Uh, they specifically no commented the fact that players were announced. Uh, it, it was published on Friday. We published it, uh, Andy Grader published as well, that uh, Kevin Venegas and Justin Davis are going to be the first two MLS players announced for, um, for Minnesota United. And who knows when, when that announcement's actually going to be made. Um, I don't don't know why the team. I kind of know why the team is holding it, but it just seems like this news has been. We've been. I've been aware of this news for a long time now, and they and so, uh, they pretty much implied it too when they signed their contract renewals before sixteen, right? Where both of them were talking about being excited to go into MLS with the team, right? So, yeah, I think the big part of it they're probably waiting for a head coach first. Just to have the whole focus beyond that, I don't necessarily agree with it. I feel like holdovers like that you can definitely announce whenever, but so it goes. Um, and that's the only real Minnesota United news. Um, w- w- is it a surprise to you at all that, that Viva and, and Davis are, are the first to announce? Like, does, that, does that matter no. at all? I mean, given that Viva could 
conceivably be either a winger or a defender. It it makes sense. Justin Davis has been. I mean, he's done the work. He's been the guy. It's the longest serving Minnesota player at this point. Keeps coming no, to the team. There's in no reason not. I mean, he's. We've seen enough work from him to know that he's absolutely an MLS caliber player. Is yeah. he a you know? Oh my gosh, he's selling you know a thousand jerseys a second kind of guy? Not yet. Maybe he ends up there. Maybe he doesn't. But either way. You don't throw out solid building blocks of a franchise just because they were in NASL before. Do you think either of these guys are starting on March 6th or whenever that'll be? I have no idea. That depends a lot of what's brought in. I think one guy is. I think it's Justin. And that's just as much to do with position scarcity at left back. And I think that you can look at that right back spot and see there are a lot more right-footed players. There are a lot of... Uh, good right backs. I mean, Jonathan Spector's out of a contract coming up in six months here. You are, you're big on the Spector. I am, I am full Spector right now, like a James Bond villain. And I'm looking at it, and he can play center back. He can play right back. Why not? I think he's the kind of player you look at. There are plenty of other guys like uh, Shannon Williams who might be unprotected, Ray Gaddis from Philadelphia who might be available in the expansion draft because uh, Keegan Rosenberry has clearly played him out of spot right now. So yeah. I think there are plenty of guys you can find it right back, but left back, there are just so few quality left backs like that. You've got a guy like Davis, again, club leader all time in minutes. Why not? I think yeah. that you can pencil him in for week one. Okay. Well, I, I don't expect too much news uh, coming out of Minnesota United uh, for a little bit. I thought that the, the tap would be running full at this point. I just... I just I'm very surprised that it's this. There's this much foot dragging. I do think that we are close. They are closer to having a head coach. Uh, I still don't think they're ready to. Well, they're not going to announce it because I think likely it's someone who's uh, dealing with the postseason. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll, but for now, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We've got a few Twitter questions. the last leg of the 55-1 podcast. Uh, we are very happy to, to be here. Um, you are on Twitter, Abe. What, what is that? Where can people find you? At go the number four and then Abe. Go for Abe. Go Easy for enough. Abe. Oh, go for. Yeah, there we go. Because you love the University of Minnesota. You've got, got your, your mom. You've got your uh, sweatshirt on, on and right everything. Now. Jeff, you you are at Jeff Ruder. At Jeff Ruder. Yeah, good for you. Thanks for remembering. I'm pretty at, sure you should spell it so people could oh, actually find you. I've recently ditched that idea. You really? can just find it's it. A, on it's a look yourself if you really care. Yeah. You can find it on. What on if they find the wrong Jess Ruder? Then I really hope they get bombarded with questions about what you do with Jack Blake in the future. Yeah, that's true. I think we've mentioned Jack Blake on every podcast so far. Boom. Ding. We'll do it. And I'm Buzz Wes. Way. I'm at MN Nice FC. You can also send questions. Uh, to Wes Burdine at 55.1. So the first let's, one... Uh, yeah, let's dig in. I already covered this one a little bit. It's from uh, MN Sports Geek, who asks, does Jermaine Jones start? I'm assuming yes. this means against Mexico. Yes. Yeah, there's no way Clint... If, I mean, if he... If uh, Jermaine Jones can move, like literally just move any part of his body, he's starting. Clint's starting. Well, I mean, and from a slightly less cynical perspective, you don't have... Clint Dempsey on this roster. So who else is your fire them up veteran that will literally run until his legs fall off for this team? 
you don't have anyone else. No, and question with his nose and whatever else, having just played a, a pretty strenuous game, and he played the full 92. Jones was subbed off in like the 65th. I mean, Michael Bradley. He couldn't really play. By the way, Michael Bradley will run his robot legs off. Yeah, but he's not. He's not the voice. Leader. He's not the, the sh- well. He he'll he's shout at reps, show. but he doesn't really shout at the team. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I think he is a huge leader on the team. I don't I think he's a leader. Think too. He's not a leader. I'm simply saying I don't think he's a vocal fire up the rest of the guys kind of leader. Makes At least sense. I don't see that. I don't know. I, I don't know him personally. I'm simply saying. I do. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'll tell him. We have uh, Brian Hanf at Campaign Manager saying, how much work is it to do for a podcast for a team adverse to comment? Uh, I mean, it's not, it's not like extra work. It's more um, my bummer with the no comment is just that there are opportunities to help shape the narrative, even if you don't want to, if you can't officially comment, you you can still shape the narrative. Even if you don't want to talk about MLS while you're in an NASL season, you can still shape the narrative. There are ways to do that without no commenting. That's my, that's what, that's my that's bugaboo a, a about. a true English doctorate yeah. speaking about podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is uh, from Matt Axelson. He actually sent in two, uh, and I will take them both because they are uh, pretty good. The first one I'll go uh, is Jeff seems all in on Gio Sabarisi as the new head coach. Do you think we would benefit with someone with more coaching experience, or is Gio proven enough? Oh, Jeff, you defend yourself. Man. I think you can be multi- you can be all in on a few candidates. I I don't think that Gio is the be all end all of candidates. I think that. You know, there you could bring in Ziggy Schmidt, and I'd be thrilled. You could bring in Robin Frazier, and I'd be more than happy. We haven't heard... We've mentioned Robin a few times between articles and then certainly the podcast. We haven't heard anything about him actually I don't think speaking. he's actually a candidate. No, so he's we, just kind uh, of a pipe just simply Matt Doyle suggested his name, and we thought, oh, that sounds good. Uh, I do think... I mean, for me, I think it it's between Tab Ramos and Gio. For, and I don't... That is like... A feeling. It's it's totally based in my feelings from conversations. So it's it's not... the same way that we felt good about uh, Big Sam. Yeah, it's about exactly. a month ago. Big it's Sam the same way. Sam so Sam. take it with that much seriousness. NBC Sports. But yeah, I, I I feel good about Geo. I certainly would. I think that he's ready. And I also uh, I think he's proven enough. I think he's proven more than enough over the last couple of years. I, I am actually surprised at how much like when I see on on Twitter, Reddit, various places. Um, people seem to be excited about Geo. I thought they'd be a little bit more hesitant. Somebody called him a bellend. Oh yes! Wow! Actually, um, eh. It's a uh, nice use. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a really good like grad school like the GRE. That's a good word to use in GRE. Yeah, you have to you have to say it with more of an accent. But uh, Matt's other question is on a more controversial note: Are supporters group inherit supporters groups and their sections? I think he's referring to inherently ableist. Standing only sections. Your thoughts on reasonable accommodations. Um, uh, Matt has two arm braces, and so that's why he's he's asking. Um, and I think it's a, a fantastic question. I, I mean, obviously, I just I don't tend to think about it. But do you guys have any thoughts on this? Well, I think it's a complicated thing because I know for a fact that this coming season at TCF that there is the ADA-compatible seating at the top of the section, yeah, which makes sense. It's easy access. Most stadiums don't have their full entrance at the bottom. It's usually up above, and you descend into the section when you're speaking of the lower bowl. 
So inherently, it's a problem with the fact that, one, sheer nature of the beast. Because if you found a way of shuttling someone to the front, now how do you get them up if they have to get out for any reason? Right. And I, I wouldn't necessarily say that the supporters sections, the supporters groups themselves are ableist. I would say it's where they put us. I if think, stadiums I, were built a different way, then there'd be a way of accommodating that because yeah. you'd say, okay, well, this spot right here, this is our ADA section or that's our ADA section. If there was an entrance that was easily accessible that was out at that level, yeah. but that's not how they build stadiums. One difficult thing that you have is that um, ADA, uh, you've got specific ADA uh, seating, but when you have people who... I don't necessarily need ADA seating, but like obviously uh, one's body and its ableness or disability is like a huge spectrum. And it's hard to think about the different ways of incorporating, incorporating different types of people into a section, especially when supporters groups are inherently about kind of the ability of, you know, it's about giving your all for 90 minutes and standing because you hate Milwaukee and, and things that, like, you know, you kind of take take for granted uh, about that. I, I think it's a, a superb question. I think that actually um, someone like Matt should definitely have a conversation with uh, someone with the team. And have the team be thinking about, well, how can this team uh, think about how, as it's creating its stadium? What can it do that... that what is a standing-only section... Um, you know, for the different types of people in that section, how can it be built that will that that maximizes this energy, but also makes it a space for lots of people? I I don't know what that would be like. Well, so. and I mean, yes, you bring up a good point. I didn't mean just to say only ADA, but at the same time, technically, the supporter section at Future Home of the Loons isn't standing only; it's safe standing. Right. Which inherently means that they'd be open to hosting a FIFA event, right. like a cup right. qualifier or whatever. Right. So <laughs> there will be seats. It's just that, in general, if they have any say in it, they won't be using them. I absolutely agree that accommodations could be made, but then you also do run into the problem where if the person is saying, I want to sit and I also want to see, yes, and everyone else is standing, then clearly there's a conflict there. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's why d designing, a, a, designing a space where it's like, well... I don't know, and, and this, yeah. these are these are questions. This that is I more of a, not fully this is more about. of like an Adam Jarvie kind of question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'd ask our, our stadium architect friend. Yeah, because um, I mean, again, like for the most part, having been, yes, I haven't been to all the stadiums in all the world, and I haven't seen all the gin joints and whatever. But I would say that in general, the supporters groups are placed in a section, and that is where we make do with how things are. If there's a way of accommodating things, that would be great, but. You know, we we do what we can after the club says, here's where you can be. We right. make make as much of a request as we can. And, well, I can yeah. go down a rabbit hole of that, but I right. won't. But, yes, ultimately, I think it's a, it's, I'm not sure if it's a, a chicken or the egg is the right way yeah. to put it. But, yes, yeah. we, we get placed where we get placed, yeah. and then we go from there. I'm, I'll be curious to hear if Matt, uh, I, Matt, you, you should send me a note. And uh, say a little bit more about what what it would what you imagine that to be like because I 
we, we can revisit this. Last question comes from Ian Wilsey, who asks, protected and unprotected projections and targets for the expansion draft. Ian sent in, when I put out questions, he sent in like five, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Chill out there, man. Um, like so I was, I was only giving Ian a hard time. But um, this is a, a question that is way too hard to answer on the podcast. Um, because you have 20 teams that will be unprotected, leaving over 10 uh, players a team unprotected. So what if to- you just covered your, say, I don't know, top three position dream target well th- so what we'll do is we'll be revisiting this this is this is to say we'll be revisiting this in the next month because uh, uh a few of us with 551 are putting together a mock unprotected list uh mock draft that we'll be doing and we'll be talking about those those targets and so we'll talk about those on the podcast as we go but i will say I know that the people in doing this, uh, Jeff, his brother Jake, and then Alex Schieferdecker, who writes for the site, all think that Sean Johnson is going to be left unprotected by Chicago, which is utter shit. It's just the worst. So take everything that's said on this podcast uh, with a grain of salt. You didn't even want to give them a little amuse-bouche, did you? Nope. (laughs) I'm just going to say, nothing that comes out of it. You don't trust us. All right. Well... If you like having a severe mistrust for what you listen to, then subscribe to us so you can get more distrustable content every week. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, rate us, embrace us, comment about us, love us. Uh, as we alluded to, you can find Wes at MNNiceFC, me at Jeff Reuter, figure out the spelling, and Abe Apodi at go f- number four, Abe. Also, bold prediction, Javier Chicharito Hernandez will not be scoring. Oh, Ooh, okay. I like that. I really like that, right. actually. Well, um, thanks again. Thanks for uh, coming on the on the podcast, Abe. Uh, thank you, Jeff. Thank you, listeners. And um, have a fantastic time in, in Columbus. Thank you. I plan to make a lot of noise. Okay. Um, hopefully not make a fool of myself because I don't want my parents finding out I did something stupid from national news. <laughs> That'd be good. Yes. Yeah. From my friends or family, that's fine. I mean, that's what you have friends and family for, is to tell them, tell other people what stupid thing you did. And, um, yeah, we're going to eat. We're going to party. We're going to... AOMSP is going to be well represented. There are more than 60 people making the trip. Wow. Great. Yeah. We're, uh, we, we've got some things in store trying to Bring you make, sure that people, make sure that people know who we are. Fantastic. Cool. Well, thanks again, and we'll... Uh, we'll talk to you after uh after you go to columbus go trust no one listeners